0: Okay.
1: Hello, I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for November 16th, 2011. Today's topic is Voice User Interface, or VUI for short and the Latino caller. Today, we'll talk about the continuously emerging caller base of Spanish-speaking clients. Now, if you're listening live, I want to invite you to be a part of the show and ask us questions, and here's how you can do it. It's easy. Just email me at brian at benchmarkportal.com. That's spelled out B-R-I-A-N at benchmarkportal.com, or you can chat with us right at our website at benchmarkportal.com if you're listening live there. Now, if you're listening on the phone or just close to one, feel free to call in to the following number where then you can ask your questions live. That number is 347-857-3117. But make sure to press the number 1 on your phone to let me know you have a question, and I'll do my best to get you in. Also, our guest speaker today, Sandra Alain, has agreed to provide the first five people who ask a question on the show, via email or phone, a hard copy of her article titled, Are You Listening to Your Spanish Speakers? Her Spanish speakers say addresses and how they're said in the U.S., Also, one of those winners will be chosen at random to receive a complimentary in-depth reality check benchmark report as well, and that's a $1,500 value and includes a one-hour conference call with one of our Benchmark Portal auditors. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at calltalk.tv any time of the day, right on our website at benchmarkportal.com.
2: Now, I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk,
1: Bruce Belfiore.
2: Muchas gracias, Brian, and uh, welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. I'd like to uh, wish you an early happy Thanksgiving to all of the uh, U.S. listeners on the call today. So uh, today's topic is uh, Voice User Interface and the Latino Caller, the continuously emerging caller base of Spanish-speaking clients. And we brought in a real expert on the topic for you, Sandra Alain, and Sandra is the Principal consultant and owner of SAVIC, a voice user interface professional services firm, very specialized, and her mission is to improve customer service and return on investment through voice and web applications with a special focus on the U.S. Latino community. With uh, 20 years computers and linguistics experience, she has designed, translated, and tuned customer service applications across a broad range of industry verticals. Sandra is a member of the Voice, the Association of Voice Interaction Design. She's a frequent speaker at the Speech Tech Annual Conference and a co-author of a feature article in the Harvard Journal of Hispanic Policy. So, hola, Sandra. Hola, Bruce. ¿Cómo estás? <laughs> Yo estoy bien. Gracias. Bien. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me here. You know, you'll, you'll soon get to the end of my Spanish, but then I'll start in on my Italian. What do you think of that? That's okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, Sandra, maybe you could begin by giving us an idea of just how important the uh, Latino population is in the United States today. Maybe a couple of uh, statistics and insights could could help us, uh, you know, position this whole this whole area. Sure, I'd be happy
0: to. Did you know, Bruce, that the Latino population has grown 43% in the past 10 years? So in, t- in 2000 we had 35 million Hispanics, and in the year 2010 in the census that we just went through, we had 50 million Hispanics in the United States. So it's now 16.3 percent of the U.S. population. Mm-hmm. So it's not just more wow. Spanish speakers, but people are are speaking English and Spanish. So many of the um, most of the Hispanics in the U.S. are bilingual. So I'm looking forward right. to looking forward to talking well, about customer satisfaction uh, today.
2: Yes, ab- absolutely, and certainly living in uh, Southern California where I do, there's uh, many, ev- there's a lot of evidence of that, and certainly a very vital uh, Spanish-speaking population here that uh, really are, are very important customers for many of our groups. But so it's a huge market. H- how did you come to focus on Spanish phone applications in your career?
0: Well, I started out in school being interested in Spanish, and I took classes in Spanish, and computer science, and linguistics, and I wanted a way to combine all of that and There was no job for when I started out in school, but by the time I was ready to move into industry, this was a good fit, combined those fields, and gave me a way to to make the systems better and provide a better customer experience.
2: Mm -hmm. That's just great. And uh, and what do you see as, as some current best practices in bilingual customer service? Well, one of the big
0: things is that it's not just a matter of translating the automated phone systems from English to Spanish. And it's not just a matter of offering Spanish agents, but what we're really looking at is this situation where a lot of people are bilingual, and so they speak both languages. So we have to understand that. Um, so it's a matter of making sure that we have bilingual agents in the call centers, and that means even adding bilingual monitors. People, with, you know, your call is monitored for quality assurance. Those people need to be able to listen in on the calls and and understand what's going on as well.
2: Absolutely, really. So there, you have to have sort of uh, uh, a matching of the quality controls you have for the English side on the Spanish side as well. That's, that's exactly right. That, yeah. Right, and I'm sure that's even true if you outsource some of those calls. I mean, you should have a way of uh, controlling how good the quality is on those calls.
0: Yeah, whatever your process is on the English side, You want to have that same quality of process available on the Spanish side as well. Um, And and the big challenge here is it's not just necessarily one language, that you have some people that in the middle of a call, they're going to switch languages. And in our automated phone systems, um, there are some limited cases where that comes in. And, you know, so we can design our systems to be mostly in Spanish but include some few key areas that include English. But when it comes to agents, we need to be aware also that there are a lot of people who really are are switching between both languages.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it's it's important to know. And and actually, uh, as we all know, there's the you know press one for English, press two for Spanish on many of the um, IVRs uh, that uh, we 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 listen into. Well, let me just ask you: you have a lot of experience with regard to the whole IVR area. Uh, How do bilingual IVRs benefit call centers? And if you could also mention how do we improve profitability by proper use of those?
0: Sure. So the main benefit of adding another language, a second language or or more languages to an IVR is to make that system accessible to more customers. So in the case of the United States, we have a very large percentage of Spanish speakers. Um, Maybe half of the the Hispanics in the US only speak Spanish. Uh, that was the statistic we saw in, t- in the year 2000. And this is a trillion dollar market, so you really can increase profitability in your organization by catering to this market.
2: Um, and, and you know, that's an interesting statistic a trillion dollar market. Remember that old expression uh, a billion here, a billion there? Pretty soon you're talking real money. Well, that's right.
1: <laughs> We've got some a real money here.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so oh, that is wow. Well, wow. and, and and I guess there's something on the opposite side too. That is the cost of poor customer service for this very large population.
0: Oh, ab- absolutely. And it's it's not just for this population, but in general, uh, what we know is that companies lose a lot of money doing due to poor customer service. So the job that call center managers are doing is very important, and we want to make sure that we're taking into account the needs of the user. Um, one statistic from Genesis Lab says that $83 billion per year are lost to U.S. companies due to poor customer service. So that's a, a huge impact. Um, another thing that we know, and this is from another study that done in 2006, uh, this was a study of underbanked Latinos. 37% of Latinos switched bank due to poor customer service, and that's compared to 18% of non-Latinos. So Latinos, there seems to be a trend that if the quality of service is not good, they're going to switch banks. And it costs a lot more to get a new customer than it does to keep a customer. So I say Mm -hmm. take some of the marketing dollars that we're spending on reaching out to the Hispanic market, put that on the customer service side. Let's fund what we need to get good quality service, and that will make the businesses more profitable. Okay, no,
2: that's that's, that's important uh, insights there, and perhaps a take-home for takeaway for some of the people listening to the show. Yeah. Um, and because, tell me about what you found in terms of adding, uh, you know, the Spanish language capability to a, conf- a call center. Let's say there's somebody listening today that it, that have been has been thinking about it, trying to convince their senior management to do something. Uh, what are some of the issues that they should sort of bring to the fore and perhaps bring to their management?
0: Sure. Well, so one of the things, let me talk about a couple of the statistics first. So uh, we did, a, I've done a couple of surveys. One was when the California Hispanic Chambers of Commerce, and we'll talk about that one, um, you know, if we have a chance later on in the show. But we also did a survey of some of the call center managers who listen in to call talk. And what we found is 78% have bilingual agents in their organization <laughs> and 40% have bilingual IVRs. And one of the things that I've found is it costs a lot because you have to do the same level of quality in order to do a good job. It costs a lot to add Spanish compared to the number of people that are using it. So, you know, one one estimate I have is you might have 5 to 6% of your caller base using a Spanish application if you're doing a general application in the U.S. Well, so it's hard to justify adding, you know, spending all the money to do a system twice and then only get 5%. But there are ways that we can improve the return on investments, improve the benefits that we're going to get, and reduce the cost. So one of the things we can look at is maybe offering the Spanish application only in touchstone. That can save some money. Or we may want to offer it for speech, but perhaps offer fewer options. So I'm not saying that we have to cut down. If you have the budget to do a full Spanish system, that's the best option. But if you don't have the budget for that and you're going to your managers, you know, going to your your executive sponsors and saying, you know, we really do need to do a better job of Spanish, don't just say, let's build a Spanish system, but we're going to skimp on the, the quality assurance or we're going to skip on the testing. Rather than that, say, look, let's find a way to to cut a smaller piece of the pie but do a really good job of it.
2: Right. Okay. Very, very important. And, by the way, I'd just like to tell everyone who's on the show and who took the um, – uh, the uh, survey that we took, that we sent out, that you'll be receiving the results of that very, very shortly. So we're very happy to be able to give you some of the results on this show, and we'll be giving you the full report later on. Uh, is there anything else from that uh, survey that you'd like to, to mention before we go to some questions?
0: Sure. Um, so one of the things I'd like to do, the, the two main questions that we asked, um, which we've asked on both of these surveys, And these are related to, do you think that you're missing out on a market share? And so what I'd like to do is go over those two questions. So the first one we asked, do you think your clients are missing out on a market share because of not offering enough advertising, products, or services in Spanish?
2: Hmm.
0: On the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce survey, 47% said yes. Now, those are people who are either Hispanic business owners or they're companies that have a commitment to reaching out to the Hispanic market. So from those uh, respondents, 47% said, yes, we're missing out on market share because we're not offering enough Spanish. And we also had 33% of the call center managers who took the survey said the same thing. We feel like we're missing out on market share by not offering enough Spanish. The next question we asked is, do you think you're missing out on market share because of issues in the quality of the Spanish? So these could be problems with the wording, the vocabulary that's used. It might be something in the pronunciation or accent of the voice, um, something in the quali- cultural appropriateness. It might be that you've got perfectly good, very educated Spanish, but the callers who are calling into your system speak very colloquial Spanish. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: we asked, are you missing out on market share because of issues in the wording? and twenty six percent of the California Hispanic Chamber of Commerce respondents said, yes we're missing out on an market share because of issues. Twenty percent of the call center managers agreed so so that's a big um big deal right there
2: so that's a, a huge takeaway for people who are on the uh the show today or listening to the show that really there could be some major opportunities that could be um, cashed in on that could be picked up if in fact they were to address this a huge market sector in a more organized and a better in a better fashion.
0: That's exactly right, and that goes back to what I was saying a moment ago. I think it's really important to look at the connection between marketing and customer service, especially with the with the Latino market. That think of customer service as a selling point. I see sometimes on TV when I'm watching ads, every once in a while I see an ad for a company. It might be an insurance agent or a bank or something and they're advertising on the Spanish language um radio television stations that they offer customer service in the language that you speak English or Spanish whatever whatever you choose and they do a good job of the ad and people end up buying, you know going with that company
2: mm-hmm. well, one other question too you were just mentioning that uh it could be that people aren't comfortable with the type of Spanish that's coming through, and are they missing out on opportunities because of the colloquialisms, the accent, or something similar to that. I mean, at a certain point, are we talking about bilingual or are we talking about multilingual if we have to, in fact, be able to reach out and uh, communicate in a variety of dialects, a variety of uh, uh, sub-languages, if you were? Is that a concern for people, or or is that sort of... You know, something that's uh, too sophisticated and not worth worrying about right now.
0: No, no, it's actually a big concern because we have people coming from many different countries that make up the Hispanic population in the United States. So you not only have English and Spanish and mixtures of English and Spanish, but you have people with different dialects. And so one of the things that we can do is try to find a neutral dialect something that people from all of the different Spanish-speaking countries understand. thats a clear dialect and that makes sense to people. One of the things we found in our um, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce survey was 14% of the Hispanics who responded said they would use Spanish more often in an automated phone system if they liked the voice of the system better. That was the biggest factor that said would change their minds. And so if we're trying to justify doing Spanish, let's make sure that we've got a voice that people like. Hmm.
2: And so that sort of argues for doing a little bit of uh, testing ahead of time. In other words, uh, trying to get a uh, a group of Spanish speakers to call in and test out a system before we have it go live. Would that that's be true? Ex-
0: that's exactly right. We can do that for English systems as well, but I think it's especially important for Spanish systems in the U.S. There are a couple of other ideas, too. So, If you look at what Telemundo and Univision have done, they actually have been aware of this issue for years, that that the voice can have a big impact on viewership. And Univision, I just saw a talk this year, Univision has created a proprietary dialect that they train their newscasters to speak this dialect that nobody speaks naturally. And I understand Telemundo also trains their newscasters to speak in certain ways. And so Univision, according to this one study, has reported that they're getting higher viewer satisfaction rates with the voices of the news anchors that speak this proprietary dialect. So I think we've got a lot of room for improving customer service really by paying attention to the voice and doing some focus group and user research on it.
2: Wow, that's uh, amazing. So there could be a possibility uh that we'll be doing accent neutralization for our Spanish-speaking agents sometime in the future.
0: Well, I I don't know if um I don't know if that's the right direction to go, but it certainly is a, a research topic, I would say. Okay. I think we Great. need to pay attention to accent and see what the appropriate response is. I think we can learn some lessons from it, what we don't want to do is say, "Oh, we need to teach everybody this, you know, neutral broadcast accent." because when people call into a call center, they're having a personal interaction, and that personal interaction is is also a very important factor. They may not be expecting a a neutral dialect. That might be very odd in the personal setting. So definitely a topic for research.
2: Okay, great. Well, that's good. And I think also for our our Canadian listeners, uh, when they think of the same issues that they come up with regard to French, uh, they uh, may be able to take away some insights as well. And I know that I was doing a, an on-site uh, for a call center in Sicily, uh, where a lot of the calls were coming from Lombardy in the north, and they had to be very conscious of the way people might react to their local accent and to try That's to right. tone it down a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, these things can be... And we see that in the United States, too, sometimes, when yeah. people from the north are calling for people who are uh, stationed in the south, et cetera. Well, well listen, and- uh, we've got some uh, calls or some... Um, questions that have come in, so let me ask Brian if you have uh, an email question or a call.
1: Yeah, Bruce, I, I sure do And uh, before I get to that I do want to remind everyone that's uh, listening to us From our website That uh, you can uh, feel free to use the chat room And uh, ask us some questions We'd be happy to read those on air And get some really good insight from Sandra and Bruce here On this uh, topic But uh, before I jump into the first question Sandra, uh, I was listening to you And you mentioned that 14% of Hispanics uh, Survey would use Spanish more often If they liked the voice of the system better I, I had a question wondering Does gender play a part to the, the voice and if people prefer one or the other?
0: I think uh, certainly gender can play. I don't have data on Hispanics and preference, and I'm sure that it it plays a significant role depending on what kind of application it is. Uh, we know that for English as well, that depending on whether it's a banking application or somebody giving driving directions in the co- in the phone, that gender can play a role. Mm-hmm. So I don't have that data handy. Um, But the other thing I would say, the thing that I think is more of a factor in terms of people not liking the voice is just the accent. And having a heavy English accent, I know when I call into a system, and I've heard this from many people, when they call into a system and you have an English-speaking voice talent and she says, para español marquidos, instead of para español marquidos, (laughs) people get very... They get turned off by that. It's it's not fun to to listen to, and they feel like the company doesn't care about them as a caller. The company didn't spend any time to to give a welcoming message.
1: So so that's I, I was turned off by it too. I, I agree. with
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know when you get somebody who says uh estas, y'all maybe that, uh, that, that just doesn't work just doesn't work well if, if okay. it's all in
0: fun and it's not in the professional context of really trying to to give the interaction somebody would expect then you know then that's one thing but right, <laughs> right.
1: Good, and, good okay well that uh, Thank you for that uh, that question and answer there. Uh, we have a couple in the email, and I wanted to pick this one first because it's more of a general question. And speaking, sure. uh, as you have already, at how important uh, customer service is uh, with the Latino market, this one comes from uh, Nelson, and he asks, what's the best way to improve customer satisfaction among Latinos?
0: Well, Nelson, thank you for that question. That's a really good question. Um, one of the things I would like to say is, You mentioned customer satisfaction. We need to look not only at customer satisfaction but also customer loyalty because that's really where our bottom line dollars come in is keeping the customers. So there's an article in the Harvard Business Review that says that customer effectiveness is more important than customer satisfaction when it comes to customer loyalty. So let me describe a little bit about customer effectiveness. Customer effectiveness means the ability for the person who's calling in to get the job done and everybody here on the phone, you know, we're, we we all work in our industries, but also, you know, we're on the phone saying, hey, my, my TV's broken or whatever it is. People call in. They've got an issue to solve. So one of the ways to keep customers satisfied and, and the thing to really measure is how effective are people at getting their goal accomplished. What we know from Latinos is customer effectiveness is important, but there's also this idea that feeling part of a community and getting personal attention is also very important. So we want to look at uh, ways to build a sense of community and have that personal contact. Um, In the Latino community, it's called building confianza or building confidence. And so you have small talk and and things like that. So really, it's it's a matter of paying attention to the Latino market, understanding that it's, it's not just everybody's the same, everybody speaks the same Spanish, and they all have the same idea. We're talking about individuals and really paying attention to doing some user research and finding out what the needs of the customers are.
2: Hmm. Well, I think a lot of really good points there. And uh, the whole business of trying to find out what the connections are between customer satisfaction, customer effectiveness, customer loyalty, uh, net promoter score, all of these are really ways of making sure that those customers feel a connection to us and are willing to give us business in the future. And I think the word confianza is a really a great word because it it indicates that sense of uh, a personal, uh, you know, intimacy with with the company, so that they feel that they are being properly addressed, and and that there is both their issues and themselves as people are being properly addressed. So that's right. That's a great Great issues, yeah. Uh, great, great points. Uh, Brian, do we have
1: some? Have another one? Sure. Okay. This next one comes from Catherine, and uh, she asks, what other challenges do you have in Spanish apps in the U.S.?
0: Okay, so what other challenges do we have for Spanish apps in the U.S.? Um, I would say the main challenge we have is really understanding who we're designing the systems for. So in a lot of the research I've been doing in the past couple of years, uh, it turns out we need to really pay attention. Are we looking at recent immigrants, people who have come into the United States recently? They speak mostly Spanish because if we're deploying a Spanish application, if somebody is bilingual and speaks mostly English, they may not even use the Spanish application. So we don't need to design for them as as much. So part of it is just understanding. Is it the recent immigrants that are a target audience or do we have a large population of second and third generation Hispanics and they're bilingual and they're mostly speaking English but maybe they want to speak Spanish as well and so that's part of it is just to pay attention to who our our callers are um, another thing another challenge that we have is just there are different aspects related to the design of the application so for instance uh, how we offer Spanish do we say for English Press 1 or for Spanish Marque 2 uh press 2? Do we uh, make a different phone number? Um, what vocabulary do we use? What are some of the different options that we have? So those are some of the things that we want to look at. And then I think the other big challenge is making sure that we have consistency from of the language. I was at a call center one time and uh, asking agents what some of their pain points were, what some of the issues were, and one agent said... <coughs> We have all these people who call in. They only speak Spanish. And they were supposed to go to our credit card company's IVR. And it offered Spanish, but it made that offer in English. It said, for for Spanish, press two. And people don't know English well enough in order to press the two, so we get their calls. So you've got extra transfers going on that are unnecessary. And that agent can't help the person because the other system is supposed to be handling it. So making sure that that... Interaction is consistent in Spanish
2: all the way through, you know the whole idea of having it tailored to uh your audience is so important. I know that when we deal with for instance uh uh companies that are involved with a a r p we want to make sure that they are um, you know gearing their whole system for people who are a bit older. What you're saying is that there are different uh, groups among the Spanish. Uh, speaking population, and that some of them are recent immigrants, some of them are several generations here, they're different dialects, etc. At this point, I've never been on an IVR that's actually tried to split out the Spanish market. I mean, uh, theoretically, you could have, if you know that you have a very large Mexican population on the one hand and, say, a very large uh, Colombian population on the other, for wherever you are located, you could theoretically have a different, uh, you know, a two and a three for the two different populations if you mm-hmm. wanted to. But I don't know if anyone has ever done that. Have you ever seen that actually done?
0: Well, we could do the same in English, too. We've got different dialects in English. We have people who are of different age groups. Uh, you know, if you have an application for Medicare, that's going to be different than an application for, for you know, prepaid phones, for instance, although there yep. may be some overlap. Uh, We've got people who speak, um, you know, a Boston accent. We've got people in the southeastern U.S. We've got people from the west. But Mm -hmm. each company and each application, I believe that the applications tend to have certain demographics that are more prevalent. And so, for instance, if you've got an application in Spanish that's being deployed across the entire United States, then you might design it one way. But if you've got an application that's a banking application for a bank in the southwestern United States, and some of my clients have been in that situation, uh, or a utility, we did. uh, The the paper that we're offering for for callers to call in uh, talks about how people say their addresses in the U.S., and that was a, a utility in New Mexico. And in that situation... You know that you've got mostly callers who are of Mexican descent, rather than some of the other countries, and so you might choose a different voice. You might have some different characteristics.
2: Mhm. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, Brian, do we have any other questions uh, coming in now?
1: Yeah, I've got another one. Uh, well, actually, two. But now, just to get it in, because I think you guys have uh, already kind of answered this. This comes from Tia. And uh, the question is, what dialect of Spanish is best for use for customer support? Um, but Sandra, if you probably just let's clarify that one just for Tia.
0: Sure. Um, we talked about it a little bit to try to find the neutral dialect. There are a couple, The two main dialects that I've seen used for um, these applications in the United States, uh, as we just discussed, if you've got something in the southwestern U.S., then you might go with a Mexican dialect. Um, but if you're talking about something across the entire U.S., the, the dialect that is, I think, considered more of a neutral across many different Spanish-speaking countries is Colombian. And so uh, mm-hmm. we find some of the, the that voice talents that are used most often in the U.S. have are from Colombia and speak a dialect from there.
2: Interesting. Very good. And uh I imagine if you're in Florida uh, would you sort of recommend that perhaps it be more aimed toward the islands uh, island spanish
0: That's right you might you want don't. Yeah that's right you want you, you probably would not want to use um Mexican or or possibly even not Colombian if you were doing something in Florida again it you know it depends on exactly who your target audience is
2: Mhm okay very good, well, those are great questions, very good questions and I know we're at the uh the bottom of the hour right now, so we're sort of at the end uh brian are there is there any others that we uh should should ask at this point or
1: uh, yeah, let's sneak one more in if uh, if we can and uh this one comes from Max, and uh Max asked, how well do agents need to speak the spanish
2: <clears throat>
0: oh that's that's a great question so Max, um, one of the things to, to keep in mind is it's not just a matter of being able to speak Spanish at home and or even being able to speak Spanish at school. So I've had some people that I talked to at the recent Spanish in the U.S. conference that took place in Sacramento who said that we're seeing problems in some call centers where the agent who speaks Spanish at home or they learn Spanish in school but when they actually get in to do the the job of answering calls, they're not trained to be familiar with the Spanish vocabulary, the Spanish words that they need for the job that somebody's calling about. So if somebody's calling up with a customer support issue, they need to speak the language of customer support for that situation. And that could be a challenge in the U.S. because a lot of people, the, the words that they've learned are the English words. So that's part of where you have to have that mix of English and Spanish. You have to know what words, you know, how to say things and how to describe things in Spanish, but also sometimes in English as well.
2: Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Well, listen, uh <laughs> This is really, I think we've just scratched the surface on a very, very interesting area. And uh, people who are interested in more information can certainly go to Sandra's website, which is www.savicvoice.com. And uh, a lot of interesting things are going to be done, I'm sure, in the future. And, uh, Sandra, perhaps we can collaborate on some more research uh, as we go forward. So I want to thank you very much for uh, being here today and for sharing your insights. And uh, I'd like to also thank everyone who is in the audience today. So with that, uh, back over to Brian.
1: all right. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. And I also want to remind all of our listeners uh, that you can also connect with Sandra using her LinkedIn group, uh, Savic as Sandra Alain of Voice Interfacing Consulting. So uh, as you said, Bruce, just, uh, I think, scratching the surface on this one today. Uh, I want to congratulate our winners and all the folks that uh, were bringing us questions today, thanks to Nelson, Catherine, Tia, and Max. And our winner of the free in-depth reality check benchmark report today goes out to Tia. And, of course, I have your uh, emails already uh, since you sent those in with your questions, so I'll go ahead and uh, arrange those for you. But I want to thank all of our listeners, whether you're listening live or in one of our shows uh, in our archive. Thanks for joining us today. Also, uh, make sure you join us December 14th for a very special Benchmark Portal Christmas special where we will take a fun but yet very serious look at some of our team's best practices in the contact center while in the Christmas setting of Santa's (laughs) workshop. So, of course, don't forget to sign up for your free reality check benchmark report and see how your call center compares to others in your industry. And so uh, with that being all said, from all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington signing out, hoping everyone has a great day.
2: everyone